Good morning, everyone. It's good to see you this morning. I apologize for my voice. I've been fighting off this cold that I think has been going around, and uh, so hopefully it's not too distracting this morning. Today is the second Sunday of Lent. You might have figured that out from uh, several things this morning, but uh, we're continuing our Lent series, which we are calling The Life We Now Live. During these weeks leading up to Easter, we want to think about our life, what it looks like, is it within the will of God, are we, uh, what are we hearing the Holy Spirit say to us, are God speaking to us during this time and through this time, and uh, our theme verse is Galatians 20, uh, 2.20, so we started this last Sunday, I think we'll do it uh, every Sunday leading up to Easter, but we will say this verse together and get it deep within us. By the time Easter comes, hopefully we can kind of have it memorized. So would you say these words with me from Galatians 2.20? I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. All right, let's open our Bibles this morning together to the... Uh, to 2 Samuel, book of 2 Samuel in the Old Testament, to the 12th chapter. This is going to be our main text today from the Old Testament. I'm also going to be referring back to uh, those passages that were, were just read from the New Testament as well this morning. But during, <clears throat> during this 40 days of Lent that leads us up to Easter, we are encouraged to practice a lot of different things. And some of the things that we are encouraged to think about are our need for repentance and prayer and fasting and reflection on our life as a way to, to think about, uh, you know, how we're living and if it is lining up with, with the will of God. Confession and repentance are a key part of that. And this morning we're going to focus, uh, or this scripture text is going to help us to focus on this idea of confession and repentance. So in 2 Samuel, um, <clears throat> this is a part of one of the more unexpected stories in the Old Testament, you might say. Um, I say that because, you know, if David, who was the king of Israel, and as we're told in Scripture was a man after God's own heart, could fall like this and have this happen to him, then none of us should be too proud to think that it can't happen to us as well. And I'm going to set the context a little bit before, before we read here. Um, if you go back to chapter 11, um, David commits adultery with Bathsheba. Bathsheba was married to Uriah, and Uriah is off fighting a war that King David had started with the Ammonites. And uh, David then finds out that Bathsheba is pregnant from their affair. And one terrible choice leads to another. And so um, David sends uh, word out to Joab, who is his military leader out there in the field. And he asked him to put Uriah, Bathsheba's husband, out on the front lines of the battle. And not only that, he, uh, you know, he wants him, he's hoping that he would be killed. Not only does he tell him to put him out on the front line, but he tells him to withdraw the rest of the troops back. 
to leave him out there alone because he wanted to be sure that he would not return alive. And so <clears throat> David's very sinful plan worked. Uriah ended up being killed. And that's where we pick it up. And uh, we're actually going to start in verse 26 of chapter 11. Uh, when Bathsheba hears this terrible news of what's happened out on the battlefield. And so we'll begin in uh, verse 26 of chapter 11, and we'll read through uh, verse 7 of chapter 12. <clears throat> it says, When Uriah's wife heard that her husband was dead, she mourned for him. After that time of mourning was over, David had her brought to his house, and she became his wife and bore him a son. But the thing David had done displeased the Lord. The Lord sent Nathan to David. When he came to him, he said, There were two men in a certain town, one rich and the other poor. The rich man had a very large number of sheep and cattle, but the poor man had nothing except one little ewe lamb he had bought. He raised it, and it grew up with him and his children. It shared his food, drank from his cup, and even slept in his arms. It was like a daughter to him. Now a traveler came to the rich man, but the rich man refrained from taking one of his own sheep or cattle to prepare a meal for the traveler who had come to him. Instead... He took the ewe lamb that belonged to the poor man and prepared it for the one who had come to him. David burned with anger against the man. And he said to Nathan, as surely as the Lord lives, the man who did this must die. He must pay for that lamb four times over because he did such a thing and had no pity. Then Nathan said, to David, you are the man. <clears throat> I may have to pause several times this morning to get some water just so I don't get too base, too basey on you. <clears throat> I heard a story recently about a man who worked an office job and did most of his work from a computer in his office. One day, his boss showed up in his office, and he asked for his keys, his files, and then he escorted him out of the building. He was fired that day because it had been found that he was using the company computer to access, to access questionable websites that made the company liable for illegal activities. He knew it was wrong, but he continued to do it anyway. And so in the end, this man was humiliated and his life was, was totally changed, but really in the end he had no one to blame except for himself. <clears throat> and you know, in the course of life and in the course of our world, there are many choices that are made by individuals Sometimes groups that are sinful and destructive and harmful. Sometimes they are illegal. And at other times they are not illegal, 
but they are just as destructive to the individual or to the family or to a business or to a, a church. There have been, uh, of course, many of those shared in the news just in the past five years or so. But the plague of sin goes all the way back to Adam and Eve at the very beginning of time. We know that. But as we are going to see this morning, sin does not have to be the final answer or the final result in our life. Because through repentance and through confession, we open the door to the grace and forgiveness of God in our lives. It's hard really to imagine that someone as close to God as David was could do something as terrible as, as, what, he is, as, what, as what we have read here. I mean, sometimes I think, you know, what if we didn't have this story in the Bible and we didn't know this about David? You know, would our perception of him be different than it is because we have this story and we know these things that that have happened and the choices, the awful choices that he made. Perhaps it would, but the main focus of Scripture, you see, is not about final perceptions as much as it is about our final standing with God in the end. You see, the whole of Scripture, all the stories in the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, is really the story about God saving his people and his creation from the powers of darkness in this world. I mentioned that somewhat in the message last Sunday as well. But you see, that that power of darkness is what convicted or, or what convinced David to make this terrible decision of committing adultery with Bathsheba in the very first place when it all began. And, uh, you know, what happened to David often happens to us when we sin and we choose to disobey God's will. One terrible choice led to another terrible choice, which led to another, and then that whole snowball, you know, began to happen where he tried to cover one thing up after another. You see, in David's case, it was his selfish desires that led him away from God. Even one of the most revered characters in all of Scripture was susceptible to the danger of of pride, power, and uh, selfishness. That should be a red flag warning. A red flag warning to all of us that we are not immune from any of these things. Satan is trying to get us to give in to these things, and he uses things like worldly success, education, power, pleasure, and prestige to make us think that we're safe, and so we have nothing to worry about. But that brings us to this 12th chapter of 2 Samuel. It says that the Lord sent Nathan to David. Now, Nathan was a prophet, but he was also sent to David, not only as a prophet, but as a friend and a counselor as well. 
Imagine that call. If you're Nathan and that call comes from God, you know, he is supposed to go to the, the God's chosen king of Israel, David, and confront him with these sins of, of coveting, theft, adultery, and murder. What would you have done if you were Nathan? You know, he possibly thought about pulling a Jonah, running the other direction. We talked about Jonah last month and, and that story, what happened in that. But Nathan stepped up and he accepted this difficult call of God to go to his friend and to speak the truth. Even though he knew it was going to bring great pain and he wasn't sure what the response from David was going to be or how that whole conversation was going to go. He knew, <clears throat> he knew of the great gain, though, that could be gained if David would confess his sin and receive God's forgiveness in his life. So the way Nathan did it, it was very creative, really. That's what really our main passage is about this morning. And I think it's maybe a great example for us as well. If we are ever asked to approach someone about a very difficult sin or, or wrong in their life, because a lot of times the way that we approach them or how we go about bringing that out um, can have a big difference in how it is received or, or how they receive us when we, we come to tell them or share those things with them. So it's a story about a rich man and a poor man, and the poor man has a sheep that's very near and dear to this family, the poor family. It was the only sheep that they had. <clears throat> and it was like a part of their family, it said in, in verse 3. If you have a pet, some, some dog or a cat or something that's very dear to you or another animal, you, you know kind of how that becomes in your family. So then this traveler comes along to visit this rich man, and so he needs to prepare a nice meal for the visitor. And instead of taking one of his own sheep, the rich man goes and he takes the sheep of the poor man to serve to his visitor. In verse 5, it says that when David heard this, he was very angry. In fact, it says the rich man uh, who did this must die, he says. He must pay for that lamb four times over because he did such a thing and he had no pity on him or no pity about it. Then <clears throat> comes the four words that must have been so hard for Nathan to say to David. He says, you are that man. You see, Nathan used a story that he knew would incense David and make him angry to point out how blind he had been about his own decisions and his own actions that caused him to disobey God and fall into sin. <clears throat> when the, the darkness of unrepented sin is in our life, we are often blind to the realization of what is going on and to, to how that is affecting our lives and the lives of those around us. 
In the beginning, I told that story of, of the man who lost his job. You know, that sin affected him. It affected his family. Of course, in the end, it affected the company and possibly many others along the way. And, you know, you think if only he had realized his wrong, repented of his wrong, and changed his ways and moved away from that sin, things could have been different. Well, this story of Nathan and David is, is really about confession and repentance and the restoration that God offers to us through his grace. You know, sometimes the Holy Spirit will convict us of sin in our lives and, you know, that will lead us to confession, that will lead us to, to repentance. And then there are other times <clears throat> that God will use a, a friend or uh, a family member to bring us to our senses and to help us realize what needs to be repented of or confessed of uh, in our lives to receive that grace from God. The other two scriptures that we heard this morning, I think, bring that truth to light. Uh, in 1 John 1, we heard about the importance of living in the light instead of being consumed by the darkness of sin. And it said, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves. The truth is not in us. But then it told us how to be freed from that darkness. Verse 9 said, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and he is just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. <clears throat> James also mentioned this in James 5, 16. It said, therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. So it's very clear in Scripture that confession and repentance are a very important step in receiving the grace and the forgiveness of God in our lives. That's really the good news from this story uh, in 2 Samuel today. God sent Nathan to David in order to restore him and to, to bring him back to a right relationship with God. And uh, really, that's what the Bible as a whole wants to communicate to us. That's what God does for each one of us as well. We are not left alone in our, in our, to wilt in our sin and our pride and, and uh, our idolatry of self that so often tries to consume us or take over us. You see, the Lord wants to restore us and to help us find his redemption and his grace and his forgiveness. You know, there, there is a stark warning in this story. There's no doubt about that. If we think about the story in itself, it's saying, beware of the deception of Satan. And as I said earlier, you know, this is David. This is King David. And so for all of us, it's just a, a stark warning that if David can fall into sin like this, all of us are susceptible. Nobody is, uh, nobody 
um, cannot be touched by what Satan is trying to do in this world and, and even in our lives. But there is hope. For those who have already been, already been deceived and fallen into sin, there is hope. And it's obvious that, you know, David's sin would, if you read on in the scripture and the story, David's sin actually did have some unwanted consequences in his life as his life went on from there into the future. But his relationship with God was restored because of the sorrow that, uh, for what he had done. And then, of course, his heart of repentance before the Lord. A little further down in chapter 12, David says, he actually says the words. He says, I have sinned against you, Lord, or I have sinned against the Lord. And then uh, there's several psalms that David wrote about this situation or about his confession. Psalm 32 is one of those psalms, and we see David reflecting on what he had learned through his mistakes and through that time of confession. This is what it says, or he says. He says, before I confess my sins, my bones felt limp, <clears throat> and I groaned all day long. Night and day your hand weighed heavily on me, and my strength was gone as in the summer heat. But then he says this. So I confessed my sins and told them all to you. I said, I'll tell you, Lord, each one of my sins, and then you forgave me and you took away my guilt. The power of repentance to heal relationships is something that we must take hold of in our lives. You know, whether it be in our our individual lives, in our families, in our marriages, in our church, in the community. I mean, it could even go to, to politics and other things. There is nothing that brings the restoration and healing to our lives. Like saying, uh, the act of saying, Lord, I must confess. Lord, forgive me. I want to change I want to do better. And so if we're going to move from sin and pride and self, we must find the humility of Christ within each of us to say to him, I confess this sin in my life. We need to name it, what that sin is that has been harming our relationship with Jesus and breaking our relationship with God. We need to name those sins and we need to say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Lord. I, I messed up. Please forgive me and help me to be better in the days ahead. And here's the good, here's the good news. God is always going to say yes. I forgive you. If you come to him with a repentant heart and say those things to him. And so I hope that we will follow God's example, um, you know, when it comes to our relationships with each other as well. 
Because there are times in our lives that we need to forgive each other as well, like God forgives us in our relationships, and maybe it's in our family, in our, uh, with our friends, or at work, or whatever. Um, we need to have that heart of grace and forgiveness as well, especially when somebody comes and confesses and says, I'm wrong, I, I did this, and I just feel terrible about it. I want to do better. Will you forgive me? And as believers who have been forgiven for our own sins, we should be willing to forgive someone else. In verse 13, Nathan assures David of this when he says, the Lord has taken your sin away. <clears throat> I truly believe that God wants us to have the best of this life and he desires for us to be blessed and whole, live whole lives in this life. But the way that we truly find those things is by remaining in him and his will in our lives. You see, sin is not a part of that. Sin is what separates us from that. And so we must, we have to be open at times when the Holy Spirit or when others try to lead us to repentance or to see the sin in our lives that needs to be repented of. Instead of saying, I don't need to confess, we should instead say, I must confess. I need to confess. I will confess. Because you see, confession leads to repentance, which leads to remorse for our sin, which then, of course, leads to the grace of Jesus in our life. And then, of course, we, have, we should have a desire in our lives to flee from that sin um, whenever it comes knocking at our door. Because, you know, that's how Satan works a lot of times. Satan knows what our weakness is, and he's going to continue to pound on that door of what our weakness is. And so we need to continue to be aware of that and ask Jesus to help us um, when Satan comes knocking again whatever that sin or, or failure has been in our life. And so I think, you know, this story and this whole thing of David uh, perhaps is calling each of us this morning to, to search our own hearts and to listen to the Holy Spirit this morning as we think about uh, any and every sin that may be in, in our lives. And the reason when you think about this is because God wants us to have victory over the darkness and sin of this world. God wants us to have victory over the sin in our lives, our individual lives. God's son Jesus went to the cross and he gave up his life as a sacrifice in order to pay that price for our sin. And so, you know, that one time for all time sacrifice has brought grace and forgiveness for all of us when we repent and confess of our sins, even though we don't deserve it. We, you know, we don't work for it. We don't do anything to earn that. 
we don't really deserve it. But if we come to Jesus with repent, repentant and confessing hearts, he blesses us and our lives with it. And so in this story, we see that David found that victory as a result of this encounter with Nathan and with God. And um, you can find it now, of course, uh, through a relationship with Jesus Christ in your life as well. Not only does it restore our relationship with God, but it can also restore many other relationships in our lives as well. You know, our relationship with God is most important, but I think we would all agree that the relationships in our own lives from day to day are, are very important as well. And that's what happened with David as this story continues on through the Old Testament. So in closing this morning, um, maybe we need to ask our own, uh, ourselves uh, a couple questions. Because, you know, in this time of Lent, we're thinking about our own life and the life that we are now living in Christ. So this morning, maybe we need to ask, does anything in your life need to be evaluated and corrected today? If there is any unrepented of sin in your life from the past or from today right now, I hope that, that you will confess it today, that you will repent of it, and that you will receive this grace and this victory that is yours through Jesus Christ and the price that he paid for you. You know, we think about confession and, and repentance it not only brings relief, which it does. I mean, I'm sure all of us have gone through a time of confession and repentance in our lives. And it, it just brings a, a relief to us when we get that guilt and all of that off of our shoulders. And so that's a part of this, uh, of course. But the other part is it restores our relationship with God and with Jesus Christ, which sin breaks. And of course, that is, uh, that is the most important relationship in our life. And so as we think about David this morning, I, uh, I would encourage you to think in your own life about what you maybe need to confess and repent to God. And perhaps there's somebody else in your life that you need to go to and, and express your own repentance to them uh, for something you have done or something that you would like them to forgive you of as well. Amen? Let's stand together and we're going to sing about this victory that Christ won for us as our song of response. Uh, take out your brown hymnals this morning and turn to 473. And uh, then I will come and close us in prayer after we uh, sing this song of victory in Jesus. Lord, we thank you for the victory that you have won for us, that you have paid for us on the cross. And Lord, I pray that through David's life this morning, we can think about our own life and what maybe needs to be confessed to you and the sin that needs to be repented of in our own lives, the things that need to be made right with you. And so, Lord, I just pray that your Holy Spirit would move in each of our hearts today and, and speak to us and help us to make our lives right before you and to receive the grace and forgiveness that you have bought and won for us. 
Lord, be with us as we go through this week, and uh, pray that you bless each one here this morning. Bless those who are watching online, and uh, may we live in this victory that you have won for us. Uh, I'll be at the front here if anybody would like to pray this morning as we are dismissed. And all God's people said, Amen. God bless.